0: Thank you so much, uh, the mother of my children. Amen. Yeah, it's uh, it's always good when people appreciate you. Amen. I yeah, so thank you so much, guys, for for the gift, and uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity as well to to lead and to be to be a father <laughs> Amen Praise God Alright, so this morning uh, thank you very much guys um, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers uh, May the Lord bless your work as a father the things that you do for your families and may you uh Just be remembered as a great dad. Amen. My father died about 14 years ago, so I don't have a physical father anymore, but uh, now I understand why sometimes he wasn't at home many times, because he wanted to put food on the table. Amen. So the fathers out there, may the Lord uh, bless you. Okay, this morning we are continuing with our series. We started a series called Connected. And last week we spoke about uh, Do This at Home. So today we are going to talk about Do This at Work. Because today we're going to be talking about how to save at work. So, before I, I start to... Uh, talk about Serving at work this morning There's just a few things that we thought As a team you know we can celebrate You have seen The wish list That we have put On the, on the, de- on the thing there The information What is that thing? The information board <laughs> Yeah we, we We had put A number of things I'm sure you remember there was a time I said these are the things that we are believing God to do. We will put it back. I I can see that when we removed it, we didn't put it back, but we removed it because we wanted to look at the things that we have done from that board since the time that we put it up a few months ago. um, One of the things that we have bought is the snake cable. You remember we had said... Our snake cable here gives us problems, and we were able to buy a snake cable. These are not cheap items; they are expensive items, but we are very thankful to the Lord because God has granted us the ability because of your giving to be able to to buy these things. So we were able to buy a snake cable, as you can see it uh, there's a new snake cable that is running uh, running here, and we were able to buy one mic we had put two microphones the cordless ones if you have seen the one that uh, timber was using this the white one i think even my wife used it it's a very very nice uh, microphone and uh, we couldn't buy two of them so for now we just bought one and uh, we, we believe in god that we will get another one as, as soon as possible and then if you have noticed as well we had said we will have very nice lights, you know, because it used to be dark, and uh, you can see those four lights are very, very uh, nice, and uh, they make the place look very, very good, doesn't them? Yeah, so they were also part of uh, our dream, and that uh, we were able to do that, and then one of the things also is that our mixer used to give uh, the guys on the desk a few problems, so it's actually gone in now, to be, to be serviced. And then the, the Doxa kids, we had wanted to buy them a dispenser. We bought them four. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they, uh, they can drink as much water as they want now, because uh, they have those uh, four uh, nice stuff that they do. Then we were believing God for library shelves. We were able to get library shelves and we also had spoken about uh, the work that we do outside Swane, outside the country. Sometimes uh, you have seen me go out on trips uh, for City Changer Movement uh, um, uh, trips. We are very much on track because people have been giving towards uh, the, the City Changer Movement. So we are very, very thankful to the Lord for the things that you are doing and the things that uh, you are contributing to and i just thought that uh, before i preach this morning we could celebrate this amen. amen so let's let's really celebrate yes and you know you know from a personal point of view as well from my side as a pastor it's always a joy when i hear people that come to me and they tell me you know what pastor the things that you say to us you know, they are pushing us, you know, to do certain things. And um, uh, so I get a lot of calls like that. And I just wanted to celebrate, you know, there's a lady here at church that wrote a book that is doing very, very well. And uh, it's because she says that I inspired her to write that book. I even wrote a forward of the book. And actually, as we are talking now, she's not in church because she's in, uh, in one of our cities. She's doing uh, an event there around around the book, you know, and uh, it's something that we celebrate. And, um, you know, uh, I got a call from one of our young ladies here at church. She called, she, actually, before she, she called, she sent me a a message on the phone, it was a video, you know, of her, you know, at her farm. (laughs) So she says to me, Pastor, I bought a farm, (laughs) and uh, yes, you know, the the, the tractor, you know, is is plowing, she says, now we are going to be putting this and that in the farm, so I sent her a WhatsApp message, I said, I am coming to come and pray for that farm. Amen. So very soon, very soon I'm going to pray for a farm. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to anoint that farm. Yes, I'm going to put a lot of oil in that farm. Yes, yes. And, it, and yesterday, yesterday uh, my wife and I and the kids, we went to Centurion. And uh, uh, a very young couple here in church... You know, they bought a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house. And they say to us, you know, you know, we, we want you to come to our house and we want you to come and pray for our house. So yesterday, we spent about three hours with them, you know, and uh, we prayed for the house. You know, we had dinner with them and uh, it was really, really a great, great time. You know, these things, they really make me feel Uh, That I can continue to be a pastor, you know Yeah, you know, when you see uh, young people, you know, like that, you know God prospering them And still honor that they feel that this is God doing this, you know And it's because of the things that we say here at church Uh, Next Sunday, around about 6 in the evening Here at this hotel here at Manhattan there's going to be a launch of a business. And there's a lawyer in this church that is launching his law advisory firm. Amen. And he came to me and he says, you know what? I think it's time to go on my own and I'm going to launch and they're going to be launching and I'm going to pray for that business. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Yes, I, I, I can go on and on and on and tell you, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a couple here at our church, they launched a beverage business, yeah. amen, <laughs> yes, they launched a beverage business and now when you go to pick and pay, when you go to all these, you'll see their product there, you know, among the products, that's what we want, that's what we are here for, Amen. We are here to be city changers like uh, my daughter <laughs> said, you know, we are city changers. We are, we are doing stuff here. We are not uh, just trying out a few things, but we are doing things. I remember a couple of years ago, I would stand here and I would tell them that there's going to come a time when things here at Soilet Central will be popping up and um, People will be coming to this church, journalists will be coming to this church because they'll be saying, at church, it's easy to get to her. (laughs) Because she is there, you know. Yeah, you know, they'll be coming here. I told you that, I told you a couple of years ago that this is going to happen. I said, one day I will stand here and I will say, this is what I want to do. And one person will stand up and will do it. And a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm going to Zambia. I need somebody to buy me an air ticket. One person. One person stood up. Didn't just buy the air ticket. Put a couple of grand on top of that. (laughs) Amen? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they put a couple of grand, a lot of money on top, you know. And I was like, okay. You know, so... Uh, let me also prophesy that one day, G-Wagon is coming. <laughs> somebody will be like, somebody will be like, uh, you know, like they put, they put that Mazda, you saw a Mazda there. They say, this Mazda, you know, go and check something happened. I think the one day, you know, they will write, hey, uh, Pastor Ken, after the service, their keys. Collect, collect some keys by the by the information desk. Amen. Yeah, but uh, it's good to celebrate what God is doing, and uh, it's good to see as well God prospering the people. And um, what we are going to be talking about today is just about that. You know, um, a couple uh, last week when we were starting, I put pictures of uh, people, you see that people, when they are not saving, they look like that. But when people are saving, they look like that. Now, this morning, I want to take it a notch higher to say that a society where people are not saving, a society also looks like that. There's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of lack There's a lot of underdevelopment A lot of things are not going well Why? Because there is no shalom You know when there is no shalom A society can look like that But when there is shalom You can see health You know in the things And that's why we are talking about this You know if people are not Saving They are not thinking about uh, Doing stuff Starting farms You know Starting beverage companies you know, starting law firms, then they look like that, you know, because there is no prosperity. But when people go out, you know, and they do stuff, then what happens is that a society just gets, you know, uh, uh, it it gets to develop. So this morning, I will again show you that word. We looked at the Hebrew word "avoda," although when you write it, you know, the W, you know, just like in Afrikaans as well, the W is a V, isn't it? it? The W is a V. So that's why that word doesn't look like it's Avoda, you know? But that's what it means. And the other thing also that you have to know is that in Hebrew, you start reading from the right going to the left. So everything that just doesn't make sense when you look at that word. But the, the pronunciation of the word is avoda. You know, and it means service, it means worship, but it also means work. You know, now, that word is a loaded word because that is the word that produces shalom. You know, you know us as Christians, one of the biggest problems that I have discovered with us is that we, we, we use terms that we don't understand very well. The thing is that when we talk about shalom, for example, a lot of people talk about shalom as if you can pray, just pray, and then shalom is going to happen. Actually, the Bible doesn't say shalom happens by just prayer alone. It says work and pray for shalom. You know, so there are two things that you have to do. You have to work and you have to pray for shalom. Now, I said last week that symbolically, uh, the word avoda symbolically, means somebody that is stooping down or somebody that is kneeling and is tying the shoelaces of someone. Now, when somebody is doing that, the posture that somebody is when they are tying somebody's shoe, what is the posture? The posture is that of Humility. It is somebody that is lowering themselves. I see what I mean. Now, the problem comes when we think that shalom is produced by being pompous. Shalom is produced by somebody who has a heart of humility and they are lowering themselves to save other people. And the more that we save each other... The more we create shalom The problem is that we think that the more we get from each other The more we produce shalom That's not how it works That's why in a society where people are not Saving each other You don't produce wealth Because wealth is produced by saving each other Now, saving does not come naturally Why doesn't it come naturally? It comes from a posture of humility, and how many of us here feel great when they are being humble? No, you are lying. <laughs> Nobody does because, because, because the natural state of someone is to stand, guys. How many of us feel good to do this? Not many. Unless you are forced There are situations sometimes that forces us to be humble But that's not being humble Yeah, it's like somebody who doesn't sleep around because you can't have girls <laughs> Because you have, no, you have no money The only time we know that you can't sleep around is when it's possible and you don't do it Are you see what I mean? If, 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 if the women can't even look at you and you think that, that you can't do it, it's not true. So being, being humble is a difficult thing to do. Why? Because it does not come naturally. It does not come naturally. It's something difficult. And that is why we don't produce shalom. Because shalom is not produced naturally. Shalom is something that we produce and and we're going to look at that this morning. So, a normal posture is to stand, but to save, you have to go down. You have to go down. And what is the posture of worship? What is the posture of worship? It's the same. It's kneeling down, isn't it? You know, you know, you know. In our uh, uh, African cultures, most of our African cultures, even when you, you when, when you come to uh, to Zambia or you go to Malawi or to some of these African countries, you will discover that most of the times, when when somebody is um, greeting you, they they most of the times what do they do? They they lower themselves, huh what, 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 what does that mean? That, that is a symbol of humility. You know, you are lifting the other person and you are pushing yourself down. You know, and, and societies like that, you know, when that is translated into work, you can produce, you know, uh, wealth. Now, I say that uh, shalom means service. I mean, I mean avoda means service. It means work, and it means uh, worship, you know, and all the things that uh, have to do with work. Now, let's look at some of the scriptures to just start, you know, the, the, the biblical basis for what we are talking about today, uh, that you can see that shalom, I mean, I mean uh, work and worship are the same things. It's very difficult for many of us to understand that work can be worship. But when you look at the Bible, the Bible does not differentiate between the two. That's why, you know, uh, when, 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 when you, uh, my, my wife was saying, you know, that uh, my kids this morning were talking about me working, you know, uh, to just make sure that things are, there's food on the table. Now, that is worship. When you work, you are worshiping. You know, in Exodus chapter 7 verse 15, it says, go to Pharaoh in the morning. When he goes out to the water and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him and the road which was turned to a serpent, you shall take in your hand and you shall say to him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you saying, what is the Lord saying to, to Pharaoh? He said, let my people go. So that they may do what? So that they may save me in the wilderness. But indeed, until now, you would not hear. Now, that same passage of scripture, when you read it in the New Living Translation and many other translations of the Bible, that word save was not put there. Listen to new translation. I didn't put it in the notes, but listen to it. It says, so go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes down to the river. Stand on the bank of the Nile and meet him there. Be sure to take along the staff that turned into a snake. Then announce to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, he has sent me to tell you let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness until now you have refused to listen to him now the word avoda is a loaded word because it 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 helps us to understand that the spiritual side of life and the physical side of life are not competing against each other. They are the two things that make life. The problem comes when people think that God is only interested in your spiritual side of life. That's why this word avodah is is so important for you to understand because your work and every physical thing that you do is also part of God's agenda. There is no way that God could have created us and not have a plan for our physical lives. Exodus chapter 34 verse 21, it says... Six days you shall. What do you think that word is? That's the same word, Avoda. And was he talking about singing songs? He wasn't talking about singing songs. So here it says, go tell Pharaoh that that my people should go into, into Canaan. And in Canaan, they are going to do what? They are going to save me, isn't it? They are going to worship me. So here is my question this morning. In your understanding, when God was telling Pharaoh that leave my people so they can go to Israel, to to, to Canaan to go and save me, what do you think comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? is you think that when God said that, he was meaning that they will go to uh, Israel and they will be singing songs and they will be, uh, like we say, worshipping. No. He actually meant the whole of their life in Israel will be a worship service. <laughs> when Yes. Everything that they are going to be doing in Israel... When a guy wakes up in the morning and picks a hoe to go into the field or picks an axe ask, to go in, the, everything that they were going to be doing, they were going to be doing what? They were going to be saving God. That is why other, Bible, other verses say, other translations say they go and save. Because saving, saving is not just singing or dancing, but it involves everything that you are doing. You are saving God and that is why it says six days you shall work you shall avoder but on the seventh day you shall rest in plowing time and in harvest you shall rest so there was one day when they were not supposed to do what when they were not supposed to work and during that time they were at home Doing nothing, they were giving time to themselves, and here is the problem from us that is what we think that was the day they were worshiping. They worshiped the whole week, and one day they rested. They saved the whole week. That is why if you saved on that day, they killed you. Because that is the day for me. It wasn't the day for seven. But as we have flipped it, we save one day and we don't six days. Because our lives are not intermingled with uh, our lives are not connected to God in everything that we do. Now look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 7. This is one of the passages in the Bible that is very much abused. If I say Jeremiah chapter 29 which verse do you think I was going to read? I didn't say verse 11, I said verse 7. Because I'm telling you, the moment you say Jeremiah chapter 29, every Pentecostal charismatic person is already thinking about the plans that I have for you are good plans, plans to give you a good... But that verse comes after It comes after God has given instructions and what are the instructions he said go into the land plow the land make Uh, have children in the land and have marriages in the land and build houses in the land and do all kinds of things in the land. And then in verse 7, he says, because, because the prosperity of that nation depends in you working and praying. It says, And work in the New Living Translations for the shalom and the prosperity of the city where I send you into exile. Isn't it? And then the second part does what? Work. The second part says what? Pray. Shalom is a product of working and praying it is not a product of one of the two the if if you just work and you don't pray the problem is that you will have a lot of prosperity but a lot of vices within that prosperity because people will be so prosperous but they will be doing funny stuff with their prosperity but if you have people that love God and then they are prosperous then that is a society that we want because it's a society that is going to be prosperous but people are going, families will be respected. There won't be crime and there'll be all kinds of things. Why? Because people are working and they are also praying. So the word avoda produces prosperity. It produces shalom. You, to, when you go to work in the morning, Ladies and gentlemen, when, when you wake up in the morning to go to work, do you even feel the same way you feel on Sunday morning when you are coming here? You have to be, you have to be honest. Do, do you feel when you are coming here this morning, That you are coming to save God. Do you feel that way? The answer is yes. But many of us here don't feel the same way when they wake up in the morning, get in that car and go to work. Because you think that what you are going to do has got nothing to do with God. And that is why... You don't feel guilty when you are not doing it well. Because you think God is not going to be unhappy. There are certain clothes, certain, some of us, there are certain clothes you can't wear here today Answer only if it's Jesus calling. (laughs) Look, there are certain clothes you will not wear to church. Do you know why? Because in your mind, Jesus will see you there. But in your office, Jesus is not there. But if the office walls told us things. (laughs) You know why? The reason is very simple. You think God has got places where he is and places where he is not. And you think that there is certain part of your life that is God's and certain parts that is not God's. That's not what the Bible is teaching us. The Bible teaches us when you go into that land, work for the peace and pray for the peace, then there is something that trips us up many times as Christians. There it says, for in its welfare... Will determine whose welfare. The corporate prosperity of people comes from the corporate involvement of its people in saving each other. It says, You you as a child of God today, if if we don't work for the prosperity and this city goes down, I can tell you we are going down with it. Wireless, speaking in tongues, going down, speaking in tongues. Because the prosperity of a child of God is determined by the prosperity of the place where they are. Yes, you are saved, but you are not in heaven. And you would find Christians are contributing to not bringing shalom because they think Oh, if I can just pray, then my shalom will come. Your shalom will not come if everybody is not doing their part, saving with that long spoon. Giving, giving, and giving. Now, there are four things that I want us to look at this morning. The paradigms that we need to change about work. You see see the way I'm dressed today. I, 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 I dressed like this because I wanted you to see that I can also dress like this. But, but, but the reason why I did it, it's because I wanted us to realize that uh, work, I dressed up like, uh, my, son was t- my daughter was telling me that, yeah, dad, you look like a businessman. I'm like, I am in business, babe. This is serious business. Now, the thing is this, work, business, service, and whatever you want to call it, is so close to God's heart, and that was the first thing he taught a human being to do. Yeah. And us, we think that it's not part of God's uh, uh, intention. No, it's not. So the first thing that I want us to look at this morning uh, is... Um, I think my notes are mixed up. Okay. So, I want us to look at the four paradigms that you need to to use when you are looking at work. The first one, ladies and gentlemen, is that work is not a curse. The second one is that work is a form of worship and it is a spiritual activity. The third is that money is a reward and does not remove the sacredness of work. And then the fourth is that not only pastors and people that work in church are called and anointed. So the first one. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. The first commandment that was given to man was that he should do what? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let us speak as if we believe it. <laughs> God did not go to Adam and say, Adam, I have put you into this, into this uh, garden so that you can Every morning when you wake up, you must worship me. God does not have a low self-esteem. You cannot, you, you, if, even if you don't sing to him, he doesn't feel any less. But I can tell you, God is not happy with some of us because we are not bringing out the real potential of who we are. We are sitting. On our potential. Because we feel that God is not interested. In what we become in this life. God is more interested in what you become in life. Than you coming here this morning. Because many of us here we are actors. I'm telling you. I'm not, I'm not lying. You, even yourself you know yourself but you are an actor the things that you do here today are different from the things that you will do after coming from this church what do you call that acting you are not real god wants you to live out your potential and become everything that he created you to become from, from your morality, from your work, from everything that you are. When he looks at you, he wants you to live out your life. The time that you die, like Dr. Miles Monroe would say, he wants you to die empty. That, that, that book must be written. That farm must be bought. That house, you must live in it. Those children must come. Everything must come out because all that is part of God's agenda for your life. But many of us feel like that is not part of God's life. That's why when you are going to work, you go to work dragging your feet because you feel that you are not going to do something that impresses God. Let me tell you, when you sit in your office this mo- tomorrow morning, you must understand that is holy ground. As holy as this church. whatever you do on that construction site, when you are putting the DACA and the brick and the DACA and the brick and the DACA and the brick, what you are doing is every time you're doing that, it's like pouring worship to the Lord. Every time you sit on that till serving people in the supermarket, when that Magogo comes with a trolley and you're you are saying oh your name is so glorified Lord and I am not saying that you should be singing the action of doing it is worship to God the action because as we are now starting to see like oh no no he says we should be singing no the act itself that's the first paradigm Work is not a curse. Work is the first commandment that God gave to a human being, which means that work in itself is sacred. That's the second paradigm. You must know that work is a form of worship, and it is sacred, and it is a spiritual activity. Exodus 34 Verse 21, we've already read that scripture, isn't it? Six days you shall. Now you must replace that. Six days you shall worship. Six days you shall worship. But on the seventh day, rest. When you work, you must know that you are busy worshiping. And worship is not just singing and dancing. Actually, there are so many of us that when we are singing and dancing, we are not worshiping God because your mind is running. Running around. With all the beautiful women in this church. Instead of looking you are not worshiping God. Your mind is running. There are some of us, we are worshiping God. You've been bumped by a car because you are on the highway. Some of us, we are singing. You are thinking about what you are going to tell your husband. Today, you will get it. (laughs) Busy us, we are here worshiping you. You are are planning how you will... you, You are going to make him feel the pain today. (laughs) You you know, know, some of us, we are planning on what we will do to the boss in the office tomorrow. You are not worshiping God. So, work is, is, is a form of worship and when you are working, you must understand that the act Of work itself. Not when you are doing anything. Just doing that work is part of you worshipping God. Because as long as the work is not illegal, as long as the work does not cause other people pain, what you are doing is that you are saving other children of God and God is happy with you. The third paradigm that you have to... Uh, understand is that uh, money money is not the focus eh? of service and then I want to flip it but when you save correctly there's a very big possibility you will have the money. So it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's very difficult to explain, but the focus is not money, but definitely when you save properly, you will be very wealthy because you will be uh, rewarded with money. Now, remember that a lot of people, this is where they struggle. Because they can't figure out how can worship, how can something that I am saying is worship also bring a reward to them? Because it looks like it has canceled itself, isn't it? No. The, sac- the sacredness of work does not get removed because of the money that you get afterwards. Actually, to a certain extent, God created a reward system that if people are going to avoid that properly, two things will happen: corporately, they will live in prosperity, and corporate prosperity produce, is produced by personal prosperity. I, I, I am looking forward myself to uh, to, uh, to to us here at Swanee Central being so uh, prosperous. We we will have a, a section of the of the car park for supercars. Yeah, like like we will say from here onwards, it's the ones for two point five, three. We will say we will put that aside. Yes. That's prosperity is not a curse. Prosperity is a reward that people are serving each other properly. Now, let, let me prove it from the word of God. It says in Proverbs chapter 11, The people will curse him who withholds the grain. The people will curse the person who can save other people with their gifts, but they are not doing it. But blessing will be on the head of him who does what? Who does what, ladies and gentlemen? Let us say it with conviction. He does what? Does he give it away? What does he do? And when you sell, what do you get? And when you sell a lot, what do you get? And when you have a lot of money, what do you buy? You, 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 you don't buy a small car when you have a lot of money. You buy big ones. You, you, that's why I was saying, we, the, the supercars... Gee, you you must sit on the side there. (laughs) Yeah. The the people will curse somebody who withholds grain, but the person who... Why do they feel good at yourself? They don't care about the money. What they care is what they get from you. Look, how many of us here We'll go to the airport this morning after church. Three planes are parked there, and one of them has got a bad history of crashes because the people are not saving well, the engineers are not saving well. The the air hostesses are not saving well. And this airline has got a bad reputation. And then there is this one. Do you care about your money? Which one are you going to go into? The other one, isn't it? And the other one is more expensive. But if you can afford it, which one are you going to get? Because your mind does not care about the money. It cares about the safety. It cares about the one who is bringing me the grain. The one who is selling me the grain. Money, even the hospital, you will not go to a doctor that is not saving well. You will go to the one that is saving well. If you don't have money issues, then you, you, money is not going to be what is going to determine what you will choose. I heard about a guy who went to Mercedes-Benz with his wife. And they got there and uh, they, they started arguing in front of... Uh, I don't know whether they were buying g Gonzo. The G-L-E-s. So they started arguing, husband and wife. Wife said blue. Husband said white. No, man. Me, I don't like white cars. I want it blue. He says, no, white. Ah, you, you know that I don't like this. I don't like us arguing like this. Because the, the sales guy said, bring us both... Take your white I'll take my blue (laughs) You see It's not about the money You see A lot of people think it's about the money And they remove They they, they feel they are not worshipping Because because of the money Now, Now here is something that you should also understand If money Becomes a motivation There is usually a problem But if If what it can do becomes your motivation. There is a very big possibility you will have money. How do I know? 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 25. So then, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. What, what do you think was the motivation that made David kill Goliath? Hmm. He was thinking, I will be the, 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 the king's son-in-law. That's cool. My family will not pay taxes. Man, that's cool. I'll be walking around in the biggest chariots. I'll be walking around, staying in a big house. So what, what, he was, what, what happened here is that this guy was motivated by the reward that he was going to get from bringing Goliath down. There is no shame in you having ambition. Health ambition Because of what Tell me something Is it good to stay in a house That is not air conditioned Or is it good to stay in a house That is air conditioned So why don't you have that ambition If you are not going to kill a human being To live in a house that is air conditioned But you are going to You're going to sell the grain and you're going to feed people and many people are going to be to be fed but when they are fed they are going to give you the money and when they give you the money you are going to buy yourself an air ticket and you're going to fly emirates first class and you're going to go to Dubai and you're going like like that song that my life likes who turned us into the nice Nzokwisa Miami Nzokwisa Dubai A Zimbali Who turned us into the nice There is no, no shame in you doing that Because remember This guy was motivated by the things That the king was going to do to him When he brings down Goliath The fourth one and then we are going to close not only pastors and worship pastors (laughs) the two of us are anointed here but everyone is anointed and everyone is called the reason why you don't feel obligated to do what you do It's because you don't feel that that thing is so important to God and God has called you into that. You don't feel sent by God. You feel sent by yourself or your company. In Exodus chapter 31, the Bible says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called. What has he done? Bezaliel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And what have I done to him? I have filled him with the Spirit of God. And when somebody is filled with the Spirit of God, what do we say? They are anointed in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. To design artistic works To work in gold In silver In bronze In cutting jewels for setting In curving wood And to work in all manner of workmanship Ladies and gentlemen God anoints policemen God anoints teachers God anoints nurses God calls everyone. The Bible says, I have anointed you. I have called you into all manner of workmanship. Every job, every job, every job is anointed. Every job is anointed. In verse 6, it says, and I, this is God speaking. Indeed, I, he repeats it have appointed with him a holy up the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan and i have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans and they may make all that i have commanded you to make ladies and gentlemen you are an anointed servant of god working at escom You are an anointed servant of God flying for SAA. Every job that you are doing is an anointed job. is a core job. Let us stop thinking that only us that work here at church are the ones that are anointed. And that is why you hold us to very high standards and then you don't hold yourself to high standards. You, you When they call you to build a road and you don't build it to the perfect standards, you are a sinner. If, 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 if you, are, you are working in IT and you are not doing what you are supposed to do in IT, you are sinning by not doing what you are supposed to do. Because that is part of God's agenda. That is part of God's agenda. So, Don't think work is a curse. And partner with God in your career, in your business, in everything that you do. And make sure you know that you don't look at your work. You know how a lot of people think about work. The only time people think about their work being important is because they think that their work is important because they give tithe. If you think your work is important because you tithe from it, you are money laundering. Yeah. You are cleaning your money. Your work doesn't become sacred because you tithe. Life is a thank you to the Lord because it's that and remember all the time you are called and God wants you to know that so remember tomorrow as you go to work that God is interested in your work and that he wants to be a partner with you in your work and that your work is important in itself. And that you were called by God. And that there's an anointing that is available for you to do that. Let us stand. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless you as you are going to serve. Because we want to create shalom for individuals and for our societies. And that can only be done when you save and when you realize that your work is a form of worship. So I want to pray with you this morning. That the Lord will bless what you do. That the Lord is going to... uh, You're going to partner with Him in everything that you do. And that when you go to work and when you do whatever you do, you will know that uh, what you do matters to the Lord. So, Father God, I thank you so much this morning. I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for the things that you are doing in us and through us, the things that you are doing here at Twanet Central. I pray for every man and I pray for every woman that Lord, even as we shift these paradigms in our minds, to know that Lord, work is not a curse, to know that not only pastors are called, to know that Lord, work in itself is sacred I want to pray today in Jesus name that you will help us on our journey for the times dear Lord that we have not done what we are supposed to do because we didn't have the right information I pray for your forgiveness but onwards dear Lord I pray that you will show yourself strong on our behalf in everything that we do. So I pray, and I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Somebody give God a bigger of praise. Hallelujah.